of the Supercoach 365 podcast, round eight of the National Rugby League. Geez, a third of the competition already behind us, or soon to be at least. Brian Solvich, Tommy Hudson here with you tonight to talk team list news, all of uh, the big ins and outs heading into Anzac round. Of course, uh, a proud week on the Rugby League calendar. Tommy, no better uh, week to celebrate or commemorate the, the fallen soldiers and eight games of footy lined up this weekend, including a couple on Anzac Day itself. Absolutely. Good day, Ryan. Um, f- spread across five days as well. It's a really long round coming up. We finish up on next Tuesday, as you said there, with the two Anzac Day games. So plenty of planning will go into the week on a Supercoach sense. And I think this time next week, we'll still be we'll still be going through this round. Yeah, so probably no pod next Tuesday because that Warriors game will finish, Warriors Storm at Amby Park will finish about 9pm. So we might find you on another day next week. Um how about that? What do we got? Five days of footy, did you say, spread across the weekend? or And, and eight games. Um, looked at the timetable. The scheduling is a little bit different this week to most weeks, but um, shouldn't have too many super coach implications besides, I think the teams will be named next Wednesday or perhaps 4 p.m. Tuesday for the, the kickoff next Thursday. Do we, do we play round nine footy from Thursday onwards? Is, is it a two-day turnaround? Yeah, we do. I think um, they're really maxing out the sort of TV schedule every night there's footy on the next two weeks. So for, for viewers like you and I, it's very, very attractive viewing, but um, just on the super coach quickly, the reason we're here scoring this year has been so much lower. And I know you spoke to me the other day about the, the lower scoring, Yeah. but then you gave me a stat that you can tell us now in relation to the 2021 scores of the NRL. Probably a good segue into our scores from last week. So we'll throw them up on your screens here if you're watching us on the YouTube uh, or if you are listening on the podcast, we'll go through them now. So round seven myself, uh, 1060, so 1060 just over and yourself 1047. So look, and those scores weren't too bad um, considering the, the broader spectrum and how everyone else fared last week. Uh, what did I tell you? I think I told you after seven rounds, seven rounds this season, there have been more points scored so far in 112 games than there were scored in the same amount of games in 2021. Of course, the season that Supercoach was broken. So we're seeing more points, but less Supercoach points. And it made me think, well, what does that mean? How, how is that possible? And I think you can even look at different teams and different players like Joey Tarpane, a star last season. He's barely offloaded the footy this year. Uh, Tino Fa'asumaliawi, the same. So some of these players, look, the teams may be scoring points. They're just going about it in different ways, and effectively that's having an impact on Supercoach. So, yeah, our scores last week, probably not too good in, in when you're comparing it year on year, but amongst the bigger picture, they're actually not too bad. Yeah, I was pretty busy over the weekend. I only really looked at my score, didn't look at any others, and I could tell I was barely going to get over 1,000. So I was assuming that was going to be terrible. But then when I checked out, you know, my leagues and whatnot, it wasn't even that bad of a score. And I managed to hold my rank or went up very slightly anyway. So, yeah, like we're saying there, even though there's there's a lot of points being scored on the field, it's not translating to Supercoach. And I think that's making it quite hard as we get into this origin period especially. So that means, I think, you know, taking away from that, what does that mean for Supercoach players? You're probably targeting less so the creative, uh, rather the evasive types with your offloads and your line break assists and more so just the finishers. You know, aim for your try scorers, your goal kickers because 
there's there's probably not so much happening in the lead up to these tries uh, where the main bulk of the points are, are coming from. Uh, my total score, 8,106, a season rank of 1,682, so top 1% still, a team value close to 13.8 million. Uh, run us through your numbers. Yeah, I think I'm 120 points behind you, 7,986. Um, I'm about 3,000 ranks below you, though, top 3% still. So, look, I'm not that far off the pace. I think you were saying that the leader is about 600 ahead of you. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but I guess over the course of another 19 weeks, I'm pretty sure there is, you could reel that in. Yeah, definitely. So probably a, a word of warning or a piece of advice to others who are you know feeling the same way. I'm so far behind, you know, it may be a target of the top 1,000 and maybe the top 10,000. You're so far behind, you know, it's too long, too hard to catch up. Just break it down. Like 600 behind after eight weeks, it's not ideal, but that's 30 points a week I need to make back. You know, it's probably three or four better captaincy decisions than those in front of me or being a little bit lucky with injuries. Like last week, right, Karaz, I don't hold him. I'd never have. Um, there were weeks here where I was sitting here stressing about not owning him, but then last week it's, it's it swings and roundabouts. It all comes back around. Absolutely, and I think the probably the hardest part of the Supercoach season is about to come up, which is the origin period and the buyers, and you'll see lots of movement there. So if you can nail that that period of the year and get some big scores, you'll be eating to that margin, definitely. Stick around with us tonight. Obviously, we're going to do our trading places, our team updates, and answer all of your questions at the back end of the podcast. But before we get into round eight and the game-by-game, game, the look at what's happening this weekend, a bit of news around today, Teamless Tuesday, probably the big news headlined, of course, by Joey Manu, one of those players which we have targeted in the origin period in years gone by. It's probably going to be a little bit more of a target now that the fact that he's been moved to 5-8th. Uh, Sam Walker's been dropped. Uh, and this all coming about after a couple of losses for the Roosters. So Trent Robinson not happy with uh, what his halfback's been producing. Yeah, I think something did have to change there. It doesn't look like Kieran and Walker are a match made in heaven or setting the world on fire anyway at the moment. I thought maybe Kieran might have got a couple of weeks in reserve grade, but I guess Sam Walker is a bit younger. Joey Marty went to six. Um, I think he would have been on the radar of a lot of super coaches even before today's news. Yeah. But now you get him into a playmaking role and it's even more attractive. We'll talk about the Roosters uh, at length and obviously they're the centrepiece fixture this weekend, Anzac Day against the Dragons, the traditional Anzac Day clash. Uh, but we'll also talk about um, some of their origin players as well, James Tedesco, the fallen gun, uh, Angus Crichton on the return as well. Uh, but speaking of origin players and one that's uh, set to make a, a big uptick, I think, in his minutes, his output, Ruben Cotter uh, of the Cowboys. Of course, news uh, coming out the last couple of days that Jason Tamalolo set to miss the next month or potentially up to six weeks. Ruben Cotter back to his, I'll say it's his preferred jersey number 13. Um, probably The role won't change too much, but maybe a little bit more hands-on with the footy, more runs as opposed to just being that defensive output, what we've come to see of him in the front row. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Uh, the Cowboys' four-pack is decimated at the moment. They've got a lot of outs. So on the flip side of that, that does mean that Cotter, you would think, gets more involvement, possibly more attacking stats, like you said there. I guess the only negative of bringing him in is that you've only got four or five games until Origin, which he'll be a part of, you'd imagine. So yeah. you need to get the value out of him in the next few weeks. Is it wasting a trade, do you think? Because and this is what we'll come back to, or burning a trade. It may not be a waste, essentially. Like You're going to get some value out of it, but is it burning potentially two, two trades, one to get him out, or one to get him in at the moment, and one to get him out come Origin round 13 when he's probably not going to be there. 
That's the question, isn't it? I mean, the front row forward slot is very tricky. Um, I think a lot of popular front row forwards have buyers at the moment. Joe Tarpanay for you, Christian mm. Welch next week for the Storm. It's kind of forcing people's hands to to get players like Ruben Cotter. So you're going to have to make some trades for this slot anyway. Maybe you just bite the bullet and do it, get your good five weeks out of Cotter, and then just plan to make another one in those bye weeks, I guess. Yeah. Not ideal, though. Not ideal. Okay, let's get into uh, this week's action. It kicks off Thursday night. Uh, and this one, a, a rematch or a, a same fixture of the 2021 NRL Grand Final. How quickly um, that seems to have passed us by. The Rabbitohs and the Panthers. The Rabbitohs getting back to nearer that form that they showed to make the Grand Final that season. Um, and no fault uh, that that's coincided with the return to form of Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, two of their absolute superstars. Yep, they're flying along in attack, South. Um, South and Penrith seem to play every week, honestly. They're already the second time this year they're playing, and they've played about eight times in the past three seasons. So Penrith do have the wood over them slightly, though, so that is a big factor to, to weigh up here. But as we said there, South, Latrell and Cody, I know you were, you were smart enough, super coach enough, to get Cody in a few weeks ago, and it's paid dividends, hasn't it? Did I tell you that? Did I tell you I got in Cody a couple of weeks ago? I think I've told a couple of people. Um, South Sydney, this game, look, they're probably not expected to win, at least not with topsport.com.au. The Outsiders, $2.70 head-to-head. The Panthers, $1.47 uh, head-to-head. They were $1.16 last week, the Panthers, against the Knights, and they only just got home there. Line 7.5 here, over under 39.5. So expecting probably a low grinding sort of affair at Accor Stadium Thursday night footy. It probably will be a little bit slippery out there. And points at that stadium hard to come by so far this season. Uh, big loss though for the Rabbitohs with Keon Kalamatangi set to miss up to six to eight weeks as well with that Cinders Moses injury. Uh, but injury presents opportunity for the likes of uh, Michael Cheekham, uh, who comes back into the starting second row slot. Are we looking at him? Because at the price, dual position, we probably have to at least consider him. I'm not personally, but I do see the relevance in it. Maybe as a draft option, he could be a good one on the waivers tonight in draft competitions. Just quickly back on the stars for South, Latrell Mitchell. He scores the last two weeks, 146, 121, in a season where we're not seeing a lot of these big scores. He's gone mm. massive two weeks in a row. I know Origin is around the corner, but... He's sort of starting to get to that point where if you have him, he's an, he's an amazing pod, and you, you almost want to get him in. Is it too late, though? Because that's, that's the topic here. Um, you speak of Latrell there. I'll throw in Cody as well because 5.8's been pretty grim. You mentioned front row is mm. not offering up much. 5.8's probably much the same. I was happy and, and uh, lucky enough, I'll say, to, to jump to Cody Walker a fortnight ago before the Bulldogs game, and he hasn't let me down. 220-odd um, points and made, I think it's 160-odd, thousand dollars in that time um is it too late to get these guys in do you think i don't know the the part that is probably scaring me about getting them in is their run the next three weeks the south senior abdos panthers broncos storm arguably mm. the, the hardest three games in the nrl um his big scores were against the dogs and dolphins and all due respect to your dolphins probably two of the lesser teams especially injuries considered so it will be a different kettle of fish the next three weeks up against harder opposition. So we probably can't come to expect these mammoth scores, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. There's just there's not much else out there at 5.8. And you think for Souths, if they are going to be uh, making any sort of stand against the Panthers, the Broncos, the Storm, it's probably going to be Cody. It's probably going to be Latrell. 
Um, Alex Johnston, an interesting one as well. We know he's very tri-dependent, but he's, like I mentioned, Tedesco a fallen gun. Johnston probably much the same. He's lost a stack of cash, not going to be playing Origin. Um, available from now until round 15. They have a couple of day games amongst this lot. You know, you mentioned those tough fixtures, but after that, the Tigers, mm-hmm. um, the Eels look not an easy game, but then the Raiders, the Titans, the Dragons before the bye. Like, maybe it's not so much Latrell, but maybe still room for Cody or AJ. I like that little run you just said there from rounds 11 to 15. Other teams have buys through that period. He's got five really good games. Um, some of them will be without Latrell mm. because he'll be at Origin and maybe even Cody, but I still think that's a really good option for sure. I guess South's been going to the right a lot more this year. Players like Campbell Graham are really cashing in on some big scores. Yeah. Lucky if you own him in draft, which I don't, but you do, so that's why you know that. Um, anything here for the <laughs> Panthers before we push on? Um, I just It's just been the Cleary show, really, hasn't it? Yeah, he's an amazing um, 86 last week. I honestly thought it was going to be higher. Big recounts got him from 58 to 86, and it could have been more, I thought. Um, Zach Hosking holds his spot again with Liam Martin once again injured. So this is really – I think he's preferred to Luke Garner anyway, Zach Hosking. So his job security is looking pretty good. Um, I haven't really played with the back line other than Taruva. Dylan Edwards has been – if you had him at the side of the year, you'd be happy. He's been great, but – other than Cleary, like you said, I think he's easily the main story for the Panthers. Before we move on, Taruva, that's a name you mentioned there and, and someone that probably we have to start considering, are we going to sell him soon? He's made a you know stack of cash, I think upwards of 200k or very close to. Panthers run. They have South Sydney this week, so we're not expecting a whole heap of points there. Then they have the Tigers, which looks a good fixture, but a night game, so, you know. Uh, we we don't like we don't love night games. Then they're away. Well, I should I say away, but it's it's at Suncorp Stadium, Magic Round against the Warriors, whose defence has been shaky. Um, but they're winning games. Then the Roosters, then the Broncos, then a bye. Is it time to sell Taruva? Tough call, and maybe a hard sell. But we could be sitting here three weeks time saying, oh, why don't we sell him sooner? He's lost all that money he's made. Yeah, we definitely could. Um, his break even's fifty six. So I don't think he's going to lose. I don't think he's going to get like 20 or something, but um, look, maybe in a few weeks' time, maybe not yet. I think there's a few people I need to sell before through anyway for myself, yeah. but it's not a bad uh, line of thinking, but possibly not yet for me. Okay, not yet on Taruva. We'll move on. Eels and Broncos, uh, the only game on Friday night, so just one game, take note of that. 8 p.m. kickoff, local Sydney time, I should say. Sydney time, not local time. TIO Stadium, Darwin. Uh, the Eels, the home team here, home a long way from home, $2.25. Outsiders, the Broncos, $1.65 preferred there. Uh, three and a half, the start. The Eels get it, $1.90 each of two. Uh, 42.5 points over or under there. The Eels, I think, look, you think of this game a couple of years ago, I think they put 50 on the Broncos, a vastly different Broncos team this time around, though. 100%. I do remember that game. They absolutely walloped them. But Brisbane are a different side, like you said. And last year, the Eels went up there and lost by 30, I think, to the Cowboys. So it's been mixed results for them in Darwin. And a five-day turnaround and a long flight probably doesn't help their cause. But yep. they just needed a win on Sunday against the Bulldogs, and they got it. I don't think any of their players are really firing. Maybe Will Penasini's doing a good job as a, a draft option in the back line, but 
Even Jermaine Hopgood's fallen off a little bit, although I think he still did get 60 off the bench the other day. You, you'd be able to tell me you're still a loyal man to Jermaine. Draft sense, I am, yeah. I punted him a few weeks ago in Classic, and I almost wish I didn't. Like, it was a move I had to make at the time, but now, again, those who held probably persistence has paid off. 61 the other day. Uh, plays around 13, you'd think. I don't think he's going to play Origin. Too many middles there for Queensland. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking here, though, th- there's a popular trading target this week, which I can't wrap my head around quite yet. You got him in last week. That's Hayes Dunster I'm talking about. Uh, traded in by more than 2,500 people so far this week, making up 3.3% of all trades. Uh, what are we doing with Hayes Dunster? He holds the spot this week, but Bailey Simonson's hanging around and his scores haven't been that amazing, but he's a cash-out option for maybe someone like a Taruva down to a Dunster. I think that's it there. It's a cash-out option. Um, his scores so far are 7 and 27. <laughs> so you're not getting him in for his output. Mm. I don't think you're getting him in with the with the plan to play him in your top 17. Uh, he was just a cash-out option for me to get to the other people last week. Yep. Um, and I think people are just doing that. They're seeing a green tick next to his name. Someone's playing this week. He's also probably, hopefully, going to play the bye. So I think he does tick a lot of boxes. Similar story is Sean Russell. He's about 100K more. Maybe slightly better scoring. But even then, he, he's similar. Hasn't been scoring too well either. So these are just good cash-out options, maybe with the buy in mind as well. You think it probably is going to click for these guys, Russell, uh, Dunster, eventually. Like, we've seen it with other cheapies, Warbrick, Cam Pereira, uh, Taruva himself. They're only one try away from really getting two, three good weeks of price, um, or cash generation, I should say. Uh, the other end of that, we spoke about Cody Walker then. I'm going to talk about Dylan Brown, because a fortnight ago, I'll say I had the decision to go Brown, and now I'll hold him till round 13, or potentially a more riskier play, um, knowing South's fixtures with Cody Walker. When does Dylan Brown come good? Is it this week? Is it next week? Are they just so right-side dominant there with Mitchell Moses now that Dylan Brown isn't the supercoach attacking option we thought he was? Still has the base, scoring well in, in, in base and without the attacking stats, but could you go to Brown this week or do you just hold your nerve, bite your tongue and give him a couple more weeks to maybe lose a bit more cash? Yeah, look, I don't know. He's really base dependent, isn't he? And that's weird to say for for a six. It's not like he he scores terribly at all. It just doesn't have that high ceiling that a lot of other sixes might have. But in a weak position, like you said earlier, Cody Walker has some hard games coming up. I think Cam Munster will be affected by Origin. Dylan Brown could be sort of a place of solace to go to. Yeah. Um, I think there will be a time where I am playing with Dylan Brown. I don't think it's this week. And there's there's options there for me to get in this week, but no. Um, dual position Manu, that's a question here. I think you might have just mentioned that or at least hinted at that. Like in weeks to come, if Manu has played three games at 5-8 this week and two more, they're going to be a similar price tag, you'd think. Manu may be in even better form. Uh, doesn't play round 13. That's probably the only knock, but suddenly you can think about Joey Manu at 5-8 as well. Yeah, the game certainly changed when he was named at six today. That would be even more of a factor if he was named at, at six. Sorry, on the game, if he was available to play at six. But yeah, yeah look, that 5-8 slot has been tricky all year. Um, I'm running Munster and Mam at the moment, and I'm not too thrilled about either of them, to be honest. So yep. it's just hard. You can play some real pods in that position, I think. Okay, we'll push on here. Um, probably advice there is, you know, 
We've said it all the time. Trust your gut. And if there is a pod out there, like you went Mam, who was a pod. He didn't need to. He just wanted that Broncos flavor. Um, and obviously, Reese Walsh has dominated that attack. But Walsh will go to Origin. Maybe you'll uh, make some points back there on Mam. Trust your gut there at 5 8. Uh, okay, Saturday evening, 40, 5.30 p.m. kickoff, uh, Core Stadium, again, the venue here. The Wounded Depleted Dogs, jeez, they can't take a trick, up against the Sharks here. The Sharks, $1.18 favorites, uh, the Bulldogs, $4.90, start for the Dogs. Will they need those points, Tommy, do you think? Because Sharks, they can pile them on quickly, and there's one man, Nico Hines, who knows plenty about that. Yeah, um, I think the Dogs are starting to look a little bit like they did the last few seasons. Uh, they've conceded 80 points the past two weeks. So many injuries. It's not really even their fault. Uh, Karaz is the latest to fall victim to the curse. And as you said at the top of the show, that would be hurting a lot of super coaches because he was a popular trade in the last few weeks. Yeah. He's going absolutely great guns. But yeah, only off the field last week after just six points. Uh, he's been missing for three to four weeks. Are you going to sell him? I think that's the question here. You know, let's not beat around the bush. 700K upwards, I think he is still, or at least high six nines. Are you going to sell Karaz this week? If I had him, um, I would be. I, I don't have him. I have him in draft, which is why I'm not happy about the situation. But yeah, in classic, I don't. If I did have him, I think I'd get rid of him. Yep. Options like Manu, uh, even to a lesser extent, Alex Johnston, as we said earlier. I think there's just too much cash there sitting there for a month. Um, anyone else from the doggies catching our eye at the moment? Um, Pangai Jr., I think we mentioned front row. Like, he could be an option. Um, how many times have I said it? When I t- talk about front rowers, I, re- I revert to uh, offloading front rowers. Um, Tino's put the offload away. Tarpane's put the offload away. Pangai Jr., first game back, six offloads. Like, that is just unheard of this year, at least, amongst those other front row forward options. 520K, like, that could be the sweet spot now we get on Pangai. But you are running the risk of a Singbin suspension, send-off. Like, yeah, you've got to wait up. He was good the other day to the eye. Um, I was watching that thinking he was having a great game, but he only got 53 points on Supercoach, which it's not bad, but it's not really... Let's get him in straight away, especially when he's not playing round 13. So I'll probably pass on him given the fact, as you mentioned there, his discipline has always been an issue. Um, For the Sharkies, Hines just continues to go from strength to strength. Similar to the Panthers, I guess he's just the main story in this team, really. He's carrying them. You can find an update, Nico Hines. He went from... What was it? He went from... He's the only player who gets counted two or three times, I tell you. He went from... uh, I don't know, I was expecting him to get to 100. He went to 81 or 86, back to 81. Then he was at 89, like, anyway. Uh, very quickly, before we move on past the Bulldogs front rowers, Max King, um, 80 minutes the other day. Injury could have played a factor in that, like the bench rotation thrown out with Ockenbohr on the wing and not coming through the forwards. But we've got to start to consider Max King as a serious, serious option. Um, I miss Payne Haas. I could probably break the bank to get Payne Haas in I don't know if Max King's the same sort of player that, again, in three, four weeks' time, will think, oh, I wish I went to Max King. Like, he's getting 60s, 65s, but he doesn't have that line break, the try assist, the barge over run from dummy half like a Haas, does he? Like, you could probably look at, look mm. at him and play around him. He's going he's gonna to score well, but he's probably not going to hurt you like these other options, Payne Haas especially will. No, but he's probably making a case to be the second best 
front row option at the moment. Um, Haas is clearly the best one because he has that work rate and the attack. Yep. The King's work rate is equal to Haas. He just doesn't have that attacking output. So I don't know if he'd be rushing to him again with that round 13 in mind. Um, but, hey, if you have him, you'd be absolutely thrilled with the output he's been doing. Plays round 16, plays round 19. And like you say there, probably a keeper. So, yeah, 600K, he might have another 50K in him. So, yeah. Anyway, um, just very quickly on forwards 13s, especially Cameron McInnes. Like, I'm just disappointed with him. I thought he could have been an option last week. 470K, um, Vanukin out for three or four weeks, injuries to Toby Rudolph. I thought that McInnes could come in and play huge minutes. It just doesn't have the impact like he used to, at least in a super coach sense. Yeah, I don't know. He's been disappointing this year. I mean, I guess he's been off the bench in all of our last week. But yeah, that was a game built for him the other night. It was wet. It was really tight. And he's certainly got 47 points. Yeah. Um, so it's not great signs. They have a really good run the next five weeks, the Sharks. But don't think that really impacts him at lock anyway. No. Um, Nico Hines, straight captaincy option this week. Or would you prefer a vice-captain knowing still plenty of games after him to come? Tom Travojevic, Ruben Garrick, potential captain options later in the week. I'll look at it, but just their next five weeks quickly. Dogs, Cowboys, Dolphins, Manly, Newcastle. They'll start favourites in all of those, and I think Hines will be at least the vice-captain in my team in all those five weeks, really. Yeah, brave man to not, man or woman, not to have at least a blue armband. Uh, on Nico Hines. Okay, um, next game here. Again, just two games on Saturday given the uh, truncated, truncated, not truncated, just jumbled around. Still eight games. Uh, Cowboys and Knights here. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Cowboys at home favourites. $1.74. Knights $2.10 with top sport. A line of an even two. 40.5 over or under there. What's doing with the Cowboys? Just... Where are the answers coming from? Is this the game that can kickstart their season? I think this is the last of the easy, inverted commas, easy fixtures that I, that we loved about the Cowboys to start the year. It gets more difficult after this week. So if it's not this week, then when is it? Yeah, well, we thought it was easy and they've won two out of seven. So they really haven't cashed in on that. Um, and if their draw was easy, it gets harder and it's going to be hard to make the semis now that they've missed so many opportunities. Their team looks really thin up front. Players like Jack Gusevsky, Cohen Hess, all sort of starting. I think Jake Granville started in the front row last week. What What is doing there? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're in all sorts. And Newcastle is tough as anything. They nearly beat Penrith last week. So I'm struggling on the punt this year. But Knights as the outsider looks an option to me. Struggling responsibly. Uh, Ruben Cotter, look, he's the name that I mentioned already at front row forward. I think you can consider him. Um, just at the price, I think it's probably Cotter, Pangai. Um, there's a Smokey out there that I'll hold o- over until one of the later games here. I'll come back to the Smokey or Max King. So, I don't know. Um, just on the cow- uh, Knights, rather, you mentioned their toughness. Tyson Gamble. He is tough. He's not the best footy player. His mouth's bigger than his ability. Um, mm. But when the time was, you know, was needed, he stepped up and hit a, a huge field goal. Probably didn't expect to see that from Tyson Gamble. He's out this week as 
Kalen Ponga comes back. So that could be a, a big inclusion for the Cowboys, Kalen Ponga. <laughs> no, nah, Gamble, I was not expecting that from the other night. Um, I thought he was all talk, but that was an awesome field goal. And they were very unlucky not to win that game in Newcastle. I know you're not a fan of Ponga, but could he be another option in the merry-go-round that is 5-8 on Supercoach? Um, they do have a buy in a couple of weeks, but apart from that, not too bad. I guess he's probably going to be an origin whether or not you think he should be. Uh, so I don't know why I'm even asking you this question, but I don't think he's the worst option. I think he has potential this year still. Hopefully he's come back pretty quickly from the head knock, given the severity of it and how long we thought he might be out. He's back by round eight. Not too bad. No, not an option for me. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you probably you probably knew that before you asked. Uh, that game against the Tigers, was it round two, round three, when he was um, knocked out? Like two. It was just like the consequence of the impact far outweighed the force of the tackle, if that makes sense. Like, he was cold before he hit the ground. It was like Boyd Corden of retirement territory, that, him, that, that sort of reaction to the challenge. So I'd be very worried. Like, I know he's back, and I don't wish ill health. Like, trust me, I don't. But I, I can't be playing with him out of fear of another, you know, sub 10 score after a challenge goes wrong you can't fix that sort of technique in two or three weeks or what is what's it been call it a month um yeah no, away look, from the game whether or not you like him the ponga question was probably more just bait for you because i'm looking more closely at it now and they have three buys between now and round 19 that's a lot of time out of the game he'd probably be an origin squad as well plus there's the the threat of another concussion so Probably not for KP, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a good game this week. You mentioned those buys. Someone that's going to impact that we, or a lot of us are owning, is Greg Marju. Um, a scorer of the mid-40s last week. He's made 110k thereabouts. Like he's upwards of 700 now, giving you options to sell and go elsewhere and pocket some cash. Buys, I think they've got two hard games. Uh, do they have the yields in this, potentially yeah. next week? Cowboys, Eels, buy. Yeah, like it's not a great run of, th- of three games. Is Marju suddenly a sell? Sounds silly after we just bought him two weeks ago, but we've seen the lows of the 40s. Is it time to move on? Yeah, perhaps. Um, I mean, if you're owning him in Kiraz, you're probably going Kiraz first, obviously, but he would be another one who I think you can make a case for, similar to Taruva. He's not a must-sell by any stretch, but... Definitely with the hard fixtures and the buys coming up, three buys in the next 10 weeks, like I said, probably not a bad time to get rid of him. Over 700K now. Like, that's very big money for Greg Marzu. You've already yeah. made a lot of cash with him. And most of us will be playing with a jewel or a couple of jewels, so you can even think of going up to a Ryan Madison, who's been supreme for the year since coming back. Um, you mentioned Manu a couple of times already tonight. Like... There are options there around Marju at that price. And even Lockie Miller, who a lot of people are playing with. Um, we saw him the other night struggle. The impact of Kalen Ponga back, what does that do for Lachlan Miller? I wouldn't want to be mm. finding out the hard way, I don't think. That's a big question, isn't it? Because um, Miller's really come in and played like Ponga does when Ponga's been out. So He's been better. I don't know if that. having... That's, that's the thing, though. Yeah, like, well, he, he's honestly he added has. more to that team than Ponga has. Yeah. I can't argue, but the thing is, Pong is going to come back and he's not going to just do nothing. He's going to yeah. try and sort of overplay his hand, as will Miller. So it might be too many cooks in the kitchen for both of them, I don't know. 
Speaking about cooks in the kitchen, uh, we're going to kick this on because you have to go cook something for your darling. Okay, Titans and Dolphins here. Uh, Sunday afternoon footy at, where are we at? We're at Suncorp Stadium, home of the Dolphins. Love it. Um, look, daytime footy here, I think there's going to be points aplenty. Dolphins, we've seen that they can concede quickly in the last couple of weeks. The Titans, their defense probably not too much better uh, at its worst. Some big ins, though, for both teams. Um, Felice Cafusi back for the Dolphins and Brimson back for the Titans here. Dolphins favorites, $1.74, topsport.com.au. Titans, $2.10. Yeah, Dolphins looking pretty strong again. JMK has obviously been back for a little bit now. Kafusi's back, who was probably their best player or at least most influential player in the first few weeks when they had those wins. So I think he's a big in for them. Um, like you said, though, I can see points. So if you're still holding the likes of the Hammer um, and some of these Titans sort of outside backs who are cheap, like Pereira, probably looking at this game thinking it's a pretty good option. Pereira, you mentioned him there. Uh, we'll go straight into the talking points for this game. A break-even of 77. He's one of the most sold players this week. And we know at his worst, like, it's it's terrible. <laughs> his best, it's pretty good. Are you holding, selling? I think you sold last week. Your advice here, fixture alone, break-even of 77. Would you sell? That's probably bang on where he's probably going to score with a couple of tries, you'd think. Yeah, look, I sold probably a week early in the end. He got 63 last week. I sold after his 16, so that shows you there. He's, his range of scores is so big. Um, but we do think this game has points. So maybe if there is someone else to sell, don't get rid of him. He's a good chance to score a couple here, you'd think. I think it was in the... I know trial form means nothing. But didn't he score four tries against the Dolphins yes. in the trial? Don't know if that means anything this weekend, but... Sometimes players like certain matchups. I don't know. Did Osako play that night? I think he did. I think he did. So he's he, that's who he's was, running out this week. It was, was Bostock, Bostock that kept yeah, running okay. in though. Yeah. Bostock. Yeah. Uh, memory. I I put that game out of my memory as soon as it happened. <laughs> um. So okay. Yes. Brimson back. Big news. Uh, what else have we got here? Osako and Hammer. A couple of players that if you're holding them, you're definitely playing them this week. I went to Osako last week. He had a negative 22 break-even, break-even here mid-40s. More, there's more cash there. This could be another 100 game for Osako, really, if, if things go to plan for the Dolphins. Absolutely, yeah. Hammer, Osako, as you said, he's been... I've never considered him this year once, but he's someone that's just flown under the radar for me and gone really well. So, absolutely. I think this game has points written all over it, and you're definitely putting these players in your top 17. Just quickly on the Titans, uh, Fafita continues to be immense another big yeah. score the other night it's not just attacking output it's just it's just good base scores he's really involved this year um so i've held him in both classic and draft the whole year and he's probably been my favorite player um on super coach thus far i'm really happy with him we'll lose him to origin obviously in a couple of weeks but i think he's a season-long keeper personally yeah he's doing what we've always wanted him to do and that's not score tries and still score 70 plus super coach points which is uh incredible uh, speaking of the Titans forwards, we've mentioned Tino, probably a little bit unlucky with that sin bin last week. He was on, on track for a 60-plus score. I want to talk about uh, Moeki Fotuweka. Is that his name? Mofo, I've got here in the run sheet. He's not going to play Origin this year, like Cotter. Uh, not like Cotter, like Hopgood. I think there's too many middles there for Queensland. He is a former Origin player, though, so we know how good he can be. 
see someone that we can start to look to. Again, I'm probably a little bit biased tonight talking about front rowers because that's what I need <laughs> with Tarpane and Welch out. Front rowers, not the, not the most exciting conversation to be having, but um, he's a smoky. He is a smoky, I feel. Yeah, look, his minutes last few weeks been really good. Um, some nice fixtures for the Titans the next few weeks. But again, with front rowers, I don't know if we take too much consideration into the games, uh, into the games they have. He's another one that goes in the mix. I mean, there's no one that's jumping off the page. Um, it's just personal preference, really, between... I think King's ahead of Fodawaker, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But maybe in that slightly... He's 100k cheaper, so it might be worth it. Some bad news for those who brought in Isaac Fa'asur Maliawi in recent weeks. Um, he's off the bench as Tom McKayley, former West Tiger, makes his club debut here. Uh, Is it Hartz, bad news? Is it bad news? It might be good news because then you can actually use him as a loop. Yes. He won't get three points. I don't know. I'd rather have him when he's not playing, to be honest. Sounds like you're talking through your pocket um, like I was. <laughs> like I was at front rowers. Okay, anything else here? Um, anything take your fancy? No? Okay. Move on. Tigers Seagulls, Campbelltown Stadium, the older Rana Park. Um, one of the greatest rugby league grounds there is in suburbia land. Uh, you and I, we might be... Actually, no, you're not going to be coming out. You're a dog. Uh, I'll be going out to this <sighs> one. No, you're not a dog. I'm a chance. You're a chance. 50-50. Tell you who's not a chance. The West Tigers. $3.25 <laughs> outsiders. Manly here. Um, look, daytime footy. Good track. You think this just screams Manly. Dollar thirty-four. The bookies, top sport, they think the same. Who is Jareem Buller? The Tigers fullback. I've never heard of that person. Buller is the word you say in Fiji to every single person that walks past. But yeah, um, Dane Laurie must be really, they must be really off him because Buller is getting in ahead of Dane Laurie who gets a bench spot. Um, yeah, this team is looking really dicey, unfortunately. Their back line is really terrible. They've got some good players in the front, front row, but yeah, um, John Bateman, from a super coach point of view, would be the only player I'd be looking at personally. Yeah. I really think he's already the heart and soul of that team. He's played about four games for them, but he, he takes it upon himself to do things for them. And I think in a weak team, it's sometimes good to have that one standout player because he will get a lot of the points. What about Isaiah Papali'i? Because he was brought to the club to be that sort of player. Uh, from a super coach angle, he's lost a stack of cash. He's just not having the impact, not scoring the tries that he did at Parramatta. Um, but they probably expected more from him. They did, and um, I think a few people have described him as the Warriors' puppy because he wasn't that that highly rated when he was at the Warriors. He went to the Eels and all of a sudden was pumping out averages of 78 and 79 the last two years, uh, back down to 60 average this year. I guess it's just that to go with the Tigers' form, he's just kind of a bar- barometer of that. Yep. If they improve, maybe he will as well, but you're not you're not jumping to him, no way. Uh, Dane Laurie, like you say there, he's jersey 14 uh, on the bench. Sean Bloor off the bench, so another supercoach cheapie around the 300k mark that we could have been looking to downgrade um, center wing options to, and, and just, I don't know, if you were thinking of that. Uh, Nofaluma amongst the reserves, but uh, not named to play. He's coming back from a foot injury. Schuster's back. That's the big news here for the Seagulls, for super coaches. Garrick also back. So if you held on to Garrick uh, for that week off, he's back here. Break even of 130. 
Uh, Kalmatua Lungi out, which sees 20-22 popular supercoach player Ethan Bullymore get a start. So a bit of action there, a bit of uh, talking points around Manly this weekend. Yeah, some big ins for Supercoach, especially Garrick and Schuster. I mean, a lot of people will be owning Schuster from the start of the year, or at least early on, and he's missed a lot of footy. So hopefully he does play this week, and it's definitely a favourable fixture. I'm going to play him in my top 17 this week, and I think many would. Uh, Ruben Garrick as well. This game sets up nicely for him, a goal-kicking player. Manly are hard to get a read on, though, I think. Um, sort of up and down. Their best is really good, and we've seen some big scores. Yep. They've also had some shockers, so hopefully we're on the, the good side of them this week. Last week, people were selling Turbo for Latrell, which, I mean, it would have worked out okay if you're going to Latrell, but people selling Turbo, people selling Garrick. As I sort of said before, they're probably two genuine captaincy options this week. If you had to pick out of one or the other, you mentioned Garrick's goal-kicking, but Turbo's just Turbo. Who are you, who are you taking, Turbo or Garrick? I think I'm captaining Turbo, if that answers your question. Okay. So I, I think people were quick to sell him. I mean, he was obviously injured against the Panthers. Last week, 57, not a great score, but that was not a game good for Supercoach against the Storm. Yep. This is a flat track. Sunday day game against the Tigers. Um, the Turbo, but Turbo at his best gets 100 this week. I said you the other day, I said that Manly are flat track, flat track bullies. It's definitely someone. I was saying Parramatta are flat track bullies, you know, at home to the dogs Sunday afternoon. Um, and it was a friend of the show, actually, uh, Chris Laidley. He's thrown in a few questions over the years. He said, this isn't a flat track. This is downhill. And we could be seeing <laughs> just the field like this at Campbelltown just sloping towards the West Leagues Club on uh, Sunday afternoon because, yeah. This could be anything uh, for Manly. Just quickly as well, another sh- front row forward, Shimoki. Um Taniela Paseca. I'm scraping the barrel tonight, mate. I'm scraping the absolute front row forward <laughs> barrel. But Taniela Paseca, you mentioned just getting into the conversation and, and someone who's just flying under the radar. I think he's a genuine front row forward option. For at least a couple of weeks, he'll do a job. Yeah, I mean, and his selling point above the others you've mentioned to me is that he does play that first buy in a few weeks. He also plays around 16. So you're going to get some really good use out of him. Um, his scoring's pretty good just looking now. I honestly haven't been following Paseca, unsurprisingly. But no, one has been. And... no one has been. No one has been. But look, overall, average of 54. He'll do a job for you in that mid-range price playing two good buy weeks. So, hey, there's definitely worse shouts at him. Okay, I'm inducting us, uh, Chief Executive Officer and Chief Operating Officer of the Taniela Paseca Fan Club. We're going to ride this uh, guy <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. I am anyway, maybe. Um, okay, we'll leave that game there. Plenty of action still to come. That's Sunday afternoon footy, usually when we're saying goodbye to the round, but the best is yet to come here. The Roosters and Dragons, Anzac Day footy, Allianz Stadium, uh, the best stadium in Sydney, Barnan. Um, gets its first, well, it's not its first Anzac Day Cup game, but the first game returning to the new Allianz Stadium. Um, Roosters, firm favourites here, topsport.com.au, $1.25. The Dragons, $4 outsiders. The line, 12 and a half. Um, all the news, all the talk here, Joey Manu to 5.8. What does that do for the Roosters' attack? I don't know, to be honest. I think Manu is often wasted in the centres because you see when he goes back to fullback how good he is. But when he's in centre, I don't think he gets involved enough, this year especially. Um, so, look, I think it probably helps. I, I don't think Sam Walker deserves to be dropped, but at the same time, Manu at six is really good for Supercoach. 
I think. Um, Angus Crichton is the other big news. In the past, he's been often one of our first picked when we do our teams at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, straight away, you'll be watching him. I don't know if he's going to be sort of back quick enough to make the origin squad or not, but either way, he might be someone you want to finish with this year. Definitely. Uh, Angus Crichton back, like you say, back row partner, Satelli Tupanua has also been named to make his return from an ACL, so good luck to him. Um, Nathan Brown, the old former Eel, he's he's here as well amongst the reserves. So, look, we mentioned um, a couple of teams getting troops back. This is, this is dead set, the troops back, and um, no better time for the Roosters to get them back. What about, um, they've already got a lot of angry players, a lot of players that get Simbin. Now they get Nathan Brown as well, who's a hothead. Um their discipline is, is letting them down. So I don't know if he's the answer, but we'll see. They need to change something about that. Players like Radley, Brandon Smith, Jarrah Hargraves, Lodge, they're great aggressive players, but I don't think the game these days is conducive to that sort of aggression, is it? No. Um, I think they're the most sin-bin team in the NRL era, the Roosters. So, you know, and obviously Radley plays a role in that. Um, Latrell in his old Roosters days probably played a role mm. in that as well. Uh, the Dragons here, look, a couple of names that I want to talk about. Uh, Jack Bird, dual position. Like, I know you're laughing. As soon as I say these names, you start laughing. And it's funny because it's like, who? Um, Jack Bird, center wing, 2RF eligible, won't play Origin. Uh, the Dragons, tell me they play round 13. I think they do. I think they play 13 yep. and 19. So he's averaging 60 dual position. You, you can't laugh at that. I didn't laugh. I laughed because you thought you were going to say like Francis Molo or something. <laughs> um, I don't hate the Jack Bird theory, but can I counter it with Blake Laurie? Um, similar to Paseca, I know Blake Laurie. No, 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 but hear me out. Like, obviously, word association, you're not expecting much, but his average is actually higher than Paseca's 59. Okay. He did score twice this year, and he's only scored three out of, I think, 90-something games. So he's probably unlikely to score again this season. But he does play, like you said there, two of the three bye weeks. Yep. So, again, of the many front rollers we're floating, he's another one. But maybe we're spending a bit too much time on this topic. Let's steer the conversation back to fullbacks. James Tedesco, a name. When you talk about the Roosters, we've got to talk about Teddy. He's just not been his former self. I think that's fair to say and probably putting it lightly. Let a whole heap of super coaches down um, through no one's fault. But with that concussion... Went off early there. Average probably impacted, well, definitely impacted because of that early shower that night. Um, can we buy Teddy before Origin? Because he's at a price now where you can start to think about it. Dragons at home this week, then Warriors away, Cowboys home, Panthers away, Dragons away. So Dragons two games in the next five weeks, but some hard games amongst that lot. It's not a bad run, actually, but... The negatives outweigh the positives, I think. Um, he's yet to score over 60 this year. Um, even without that game where he went off, his average would still be quite low. And you've just got too many other options out there. Reese Walsh is absolutely killing it. Latrell's killing it. I think Turbo's ceiling is hard to ignore as well. So yep. Teddy just falls right down the pecking order at one, unfortunately, at the moment, doesn't he? Yes, it does. And um, don't forget Jareem Buller as well, fullback, um, who <laughs> you're talking about. Okay, um, let's round this out. A bit of, bit of fun tonight. Round eight. We're getting to that point of the season where it gets a little bit silly. Round eight. Um, the 
the Warriors, not round eight. It is round eight, but the eighth game of the round. <laughs> the Warriors and the Storm here. This one, Amy Park, the venue. Um, Warriors, again, I think the market's just disrespecting them slightly here. $3.60 outsiders, but the Storm, they haven't been far from, well, they have been far from impressive. The Warriors, they've probably been the better of these two teams in the last probably three weeks. Warriors, a good win against the Cowboys last weekend. It was. They keep surprising me. I thought the Cowboys would beat them last week, but they just keep doing it. The Warriors keep turning up and winning games. The Storm are hard to get a read on. Um, they do get back Nico Meany, as you like to call him. Yes. Um, the Philly and fullback. I think they actually did miss him last week. I don't think Munster really worked at fullback. They get Meany back, Munster back to the halves. Even though the Warriors have been good, I just think back to all these Anzac Day games where the Storm have absolutely pumped them. And I don't know. I got the feeling it might be that sort of night. It was 70 last year, wasn't it? Wasn't this the game where Nathan Brown was sacked? One of the last few years it was 70. There was another year it was 40. I think the the night Walsh debuted. So, yeah, there's been yeah. a few times where this has happened and the Storm team looks pretty hot on paper. Nico Meany is back. Um, so is Nelson Asofa Solomona. He is impressive. He was a big part of everything of their go forward. I don't think it's a coincidence that Harry Grant regressed as... Nelson was off the field with that MCL injury. Uh, he's back for Tui Kamakamitha. You speak of players um, going to the sin bin. He was he was chief offender last week at Manly. Um, the Warriors, though, probably not too much to mention here. Team news, just, just one on Wade Egan. He's been cleared to return from his concussion protocols, which he's had a couple of head knocks this year. The club's decided not um, to play him this week. So that's interesting club taking a cautious approach there with Wade Egan. Yeah, um, surprise, well, not surprising, I guess, from a health point of view, but he had been arguably the best player at the start of the season, I thought. He was really getting him on the front foot, so much so that people on Supercoach were buying him, which we would not have expected before a ball was kicked. But, yeah, obviously um, just taking the cautious approach with him. Um, I think Nia Corre is his first game back this week as well. Yep. He's someone maybe to look at through that origin period because obviously he went playing origin and toe harris as well always doing a good job there's a lot of solid players in the warriors team i haven't got any of them on super cash but they're they're all decent options i think john johnson probably the pick of the bunch um averaging what is he averaging 80 odd halfback like it's nico hines areas not quite but close um is he a legit option like we're gonna have to sell cleary potentially sell cleary and hines are we going to Sean Johnson? Look, surprising we're even having this conversation. But you're right. His last four weeks have been Is massive. it 2010? What year is it? What? I know. I know. Exactly right. But the next three weeks of the test for him and the Warriors, storm away, then home games against the Roosters and Panthers. Very hard matches. Um, maybe the bird has flown on Johnson. The price okay. is very high and the hard games... So not for me, but look, he's made me look a fool so far this year, so he might continue to do so. I don't think it's just Sean Johnson making you look a fool. Uh, I walked into that, didn't I? Yeah. Um, Harry Grant, look, we've already mentioned him there, but very quickly, plenty of selling him. I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, I, I can see why. I personally wouldn't do it, but people are cashing out and going to a Jeremy Marshall King, for example. Um, Grant's got a buy next week. Round 10, and then 
he'll be in Origin for the better part of six weeks. Are we selling Harry Grant now? Is it a reluctant sell? If so, are we holding, but holding because we feel we have to, or is it a confident, strong hold on Harry Grant? I'm not confident. Um, I think I will hold him, but the Storm players this week, it's a great fixture, but after that, like you said, the buy, and many of them have origin. Uh, Grant will have origin. Christian Welch, you'd imagine, would be around the squad as well. Um, and I've got Munster as well, who will be going. So I've got to sell some of them, especially by next week when they do have the week off. Yep. Harry Grant, I don't know who you're going to if you sell Harry Grant. Who's going well at nine? I've barely looked anywhere but Harry Grant the whole year. Who should yep. I look at? I've got Robson still, and I, I even though Robson probably hasn't been as good as I was hoping, like I bought him from round one knowing I could hold him until round 16 and not have to make yep. a move. There was Harry Grant coverage there as well. Jeremy Marshall King, I think, is going to be a popular name. Reed Marnie has been a popular name. Um, but, yeah, there are options here around Harry Grant. Just on the storm, you do have to start getting rid of them soon because most people will have Welch. Um, some have Munster. Yourself with Harry Grant. Um, some have Nick Meaney. Like, you know, you can't get them all out in one week. So start work backwards, I think. Work backwards from round 13 and drop them. Drop them off in a little spreadsheet or somewhere else where you think that it would be a good time to sell just on their origin um, schedule. So round 13, they're missing. Round 14, I think they play a Sunday against the Cowboys in Townsville. I think, they, I think, I think they'll back up. Looking at their origin history, and one thing, I always come back to this, Cameron Smith always said, Cooper Cronk the same, Billy Slater as well. You play for the Melbourne Storm, you back up that first game after Origin. Like That's what they built their foundations of their club upon. Yeah, I agree. And with the comp as close as it is this year, it's not like they're sailing along out in front like they are other seasons. They're probably battling to make the eight and the four. So I think they'd want their best men on deck. Just as uh, as replacements for Grant, you mentioned JMK, Jeremy Marshall King. I reckon he's the pick of the bunch, to me anyway. Um, yep. Playing two out of the three by rounds, he's playing really well as well. Um, scoring well on Supercoach, averaging 67. I think I'd probably rather him over Robson personally. Probably, probably, yeah. And that's just probably because the Cowboys have have not been the Cowboys of last year, the Cowboys we were hoping them or expecting them to be this year. Okay, let's round that out. That's the eight games Tuesday night, that last game, 7 p.m. So it'll be a quick turnaround into round nine. Um, and talking about that, we'll do that sometime next week, round nine, when we get to that. Tommy, you and I are going to have a quick break. The other side will do our trading places for the week and answer some of the listeners' questions as well. Trust me, there's some good ones this week. Are you suffering from frequent bouts of bet limititis? Try Topsport. Other providers may significantly limit your bets, causing frustration and angst. Topsport clears that blockage by welcoming big and winning punters, giving you fast, effective relief on those bigger bets. Overcome bet limititis by downloading the Topsport app today. Brought to you by Topsport. Feel the excitement. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website. Yes, that number on the screen, 1-800-858-858. It's a big thank you to Top Sport for getting on board again this year, as they have done the past couple. Uh, you can check out all their markets on rugby league or golf and greyhounds and cricket to curling, everything else. Do so responsibly. And remember, if you are having a bet, what are you really gambling with? 
um, for free and confidential advice. Um, you can follow the websites on your screen there. Take all the measures that you need to if you are having a rough time of it. Tommy, um, we'll talk our trades now. Look, and to be honest with you, as we go to where, I haven't made any, so not yet. But you know, you know where I'm thinking, front row forward. The reason why I'm so confused is because Davi Moali comes in for Souths last week and scores 51. Like, I'd almost take that this week from Davi Moali. Will I get that again? Probably not. Um, there was injury impacts amongst that, but am I going to make two trades the next couple of weeks to cover Tarpane and Welch's buy when I've got Moali sitting there anyway? That's the question I have to answer. Yeah, it's a big question. I think a lot of people have the same issue. I've got a similar one in the front row with imminent buys ahead of me. I think Moali, you could probably just spend the week with him. Um, so look, I'm backing your no trades. I, I think we've really been not wasteful with the trades, but we've been happy to trade so far this year. It's probably time to take stock and just hold the team for a week. Flippant, I think, would be the word. Well, yeah. I mean, they've all been for a purpose. Yeah, no, I don't think it's been overly wasteful, like I said. It's just, it's been for a purpose, but it is going to leave you short. Come the end of the year, having said all that, I have made one this week. Uh, we'll get to it now. Joey Manu. Um, now, before he was named at six, I was already potentially bringing him in, but I think that's just clinched it for me. The fact he's going to be playing six, that Anzac Day game, I just have a big feeling he's going to go very well this week. It's a high break even, so you could easily wait another week. I think it's 119 or something like that. So he's probably not making cash, but he could get a big score, I think. And I'm losing Val Holmes to go to him. Val is just... He's been okay, don't get me wrong, but the Cowboys just aren't exciting me. I think now's the time to go to Manu. Val will go to play Origin in a few weeks. There's probably not that many reasons to sell Val personally. It's more of a gut feel decision this week. I just want to be with Joey Manu at the price he is. It's probably either this week or next week you go to him, and I want him against the Dragons this week, so I've gone this week. Good good um, decision in principle, but... The beauty of Manu has been, besides the fact that he's been there when Teddy hasn't been there in recent Origin weeks, is that the Roosters buys this year. Let me just bring this up. Roosters buys. So they have the buy round 13, but then he'll have games, he being the Roosters and, and Manu, games against the Bulldogs. Like that. That's a nice game at home or Central Coast Stadium, that one. Then the Panthers. Uh, Teddy's then away and the Origin players are away for a game against the Knights. The Raiders at home, Manly away, by Storm. Like, it's it's a mixed fixture list, that. Um, if Joey Moan is getting a duel, you're laughing. Oh, yeah, the duel would really clinch it. It would be the duel in the crown, if you will. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> wow. but I don't know. I just, it's just a gut feeling, this trade. Honestly, on paper, going from Holmes to Moan this week maybe doesn't make that much sense. But I, I just have a feeling he's going big on Tuesday. And then we've got the Warriors the week after, who I think, although they're going well, I still like that fixture. If Manu plays well this week, he may lock down that six for a couple of weeks. Yep. And then, like you said there, he, round 16 is circled for me, definitely, when they play the Knights and Teddy will be out. Even round 14 against the Dogs, um, it depends if Teddy does back up. But if he doesn't, we could see him play fullback against the Dogs in round 14. So there is some options there. And just that the price he is... I think everyone's going to be getting to him in the next couple of weeks. I've just probably gone a week earlier than most. 
And that's what you got to do sometimes, isn't it? I'll come back to Cody Walker. Like, um, no one was really considering Cody. It was all Dylan Brown. It was all potentially uh, Isaiah Katoa, like Cash Jan, Schuster the same. If you love it, just back it. Um, just on that Bulldogs game, round 14, Central Coast Stadium. I think I said that already. 2 p.m. Sunday. That's a downhill game as well. They'll be running downhill, the bull, uh, the Roosters in that game, you'd think. Um, okay, so just a one trade for you. What does that leave you with cash-wise, trade boosts-wise? Yeah, for 47000 left. So it's not a massive amount, but it's enough. For next week, I do know I have to make some trades with those Storm players, like I said. Um, I'd say Christian Welch is going to be leaving the team. Uh, 30 trades left, two boosts left. So... I think what we say we're about a third away through the season or just less. Yep. I've used about a third of my trades. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, to be honest. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, though? And we come back to why we've needed trades in recent years. It's for that origin period. We don't need 17 scores. We don't need 15 scores now. So I think you've actually got more trades left than you, than you realise. A lot of people haven't realised that yet. Um, like I said, no trades for me yet. I'll probably make one. I could make two. I think Taruva is close to a sell. Um, he'd be probably first to go. I've got Matt Dury sitting there as well. He's going to start to lose money soon. Bryce Cartwright, you'd think the same. Carl Pereira, I'm happy to keep for one more week. But then the the Titans fixtures turn, I think. Like, it's probably good for their forwards. I don't think they're great fixtures for Carl Pereira. So, uh, final teams, we'll put them up on Thursday night, 7 p.m., at Supercoach365, we'll confirm our trades as well. We didn't have a podcast last week. I was sick last week, so we put up our trades anyway. That seemed to go pretty well on the socials. So we'll do that again. We'll pull out our trades. We'll put them up aside to our teams so you know for certain what we're doing this week. Um, Tommy, speaking of what we're doing this week, we're going to try and help out some others here who are seeking your wisdom, which is scary. Okay, um, Instagram, we're going to answer some of these questions here. And there are a couple here. There's a couple. We'll start at the bottom here with Cooper Lewis, 6182. Thanks for getting in touch, Cooper. Could be Lewis. Maybe his name's Lewis Cooper. Are we buying Wakem this week? Brandon Wakem of the Tigers. Um, is this a draft podcast? Because I bought him in draft. Well, traded him in, but classic, uh, not a chance. I have considered it. Funnily enough, I did. Just because I was playing around with, you know, moving Schuster to 2RF to cover a Dury and where I could get some value, like Wakem, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I think they're gonna he's two hundred and sixty seven K, so he's not quite the bottom dollar cheapy. You have to go back a few years to to see him score sixty consistently. That was in a pretty poor dog side, so that gave me some confidence that he could do it again, but Dane Laurie, I don't know. He trained in the halves the off-season. Like, we've seen already how quick they are to change their halves, the Tigers. Dane Laurie could be 5'8 next week, and I wouldn't be shocked. So, no on Wakem, but it's not a... What did you, what did you say then? Absolutely not? It's not an absolutely not for me. I guess, but at the same price range you have Schuster, and you're only carrying one of those, you have to think. And I'd, I'd just much rather Josh Schuster. Alex Brigo, friend of the show, says, Garrick or Mulatalo, I'm already bringing in Joey Manu. So out of these two, 
probably have to go Garrick for mine. He's going to go to fullback when Origin's on. Molotalo seems very Heinz dependent. Yeah, I echo everything you just said. I'm going to say Garrick as well. Cool. Um, <laughs> Kai Whitmill says, is Sonny Luke worth keeping and is it time to get rid of Tommy Turbo? No, definitely not Tommy Turbo. Keep him. I'd just keep him the rest of the season, personally. Um, Sonny Luke, yeah. Um, he's been frustrating. I've had him the whole season up and down. Last week was annoying. I did play him. He only got, I think, 20. I can't remember. It was a very poor score. Yep. I don't know if he's worth keeping or not, to be honest. Um, I don't think his minutes are really going to change. Uh, Mitch Kenny seems to have the more minutes at his disposal than Sonny Luke. So maybe it is time to get rid of him because I don't think he's the player we maybe thought he might have been this year. No, I think he's so attack dependent. Like he's a 20 or it's a 50 and there's no in between. And all their attack is through Cleary. So I never had Sonny Luke and I'm happy that I never did. Dan Sharpie, a couple of questions here from Dan. Uh, Very quickly, we'll try and fire these off. Kiraz to either Garrick, Bird or Manu. Um, I'd say Garrick still is the top dog there. What about you? Yep. I think there's more upside to Garrick. Although Manu, I'd probably go Manu over Bird in, in saying that. Um, another one from Dan here says, Teague Wilton to Ryan Madison. I think that's a huge yes. Yeah. Has Maddo been playing 80 for the Eels or scoring well? Um, I know he was very instrumental in some of their tries the other day on that right side. I think that's where he's best on that right second row. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say yes. I don't think Teague is he's all right, but he's no star. Madison's ceiling much higher, I yeah. think. Um, last one from Dan here, Walsh to Teddy to save the cash. You're probably pocketing 200K, no. but you're losing 30 points a week probably. No, I think Walsh, I don't think he scored below 80 this year. So, yeah, you've got to have Walsh at the moment. Borderline must-have, if not must-have, Reese Walsh. Um, Adam Blundell, another friend of the show, says, Boys, finally the podcast is back. That's better than Joey Manu at six. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but thanks for the kind words, <laughs> mate. Um, appreciate you getting in touch. Colbs Coops says, Do we get Garrick or Manu? A lot of these questions around Garrick, Manu, um, Karaz selling, you know. Um, if we can sum all these up in one, we're selling Karaz to Garrick or Manu depending on what you need. Yeah, I think Garrick over Manu. But like, I think both are not must-haves, but very good buys this time of the year. Uh, but Garrick just over Manu for me. Uh, another one here. We'll probably get to two more. Uh, Taron Campbell says, is Grant a sell? We're saying no, but we can see merit in it. Uh, I'm not saying definitely no. I, I, if you did it, I would definitely think it's fair enough. Maybe I will sell him next week. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Grant scores 90 or more this week. I'm pretty confident on that. I think he goes big. Yeah. Nelson is just such a huge part of the go for it, and he's quick play the ball. When he offloads, Grant's the one that's there as well. So I think like he's underrated inclusion, Nelson. Yeah, let me just say, he's not a sell this week. Um, sorry. After this week, maybe, when the buy comes. But yeah, the Warriors game is a great fixture for him. One here from Matty Hooper. Um, who's been spotted doing some good work down at the Brumbies games. Um, we might even throw that up on our story. It's special. Matt Hooper says here, Cotter a must. 
statement, not a question. Bold statement. Um, I know you're looking at him. I don't know if he's a must. I think he's just in that um, many sort of names at front row. He's the best of them probably, but I don't know if he's a must-have. No. Break-even's getting manageable though, I think. Do you see Cotter came out and was actually talking about Supercoach today? I think it was one of those like five or cameo sort of or swish. It was one of those videos, but he came out and just bagged someone about dropping him in Supercoach. Do you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I mean, if you did drop him last week, the score of 80, you would have been, I guess, eating your words. But he did score last week. Yeah. So I don't know if sometimes the try for the, the player who really scores just boosts their numbers up. Other than that, he's only his high score this year is only 63, so I don't know. Last one very quickly. Is Preston a sell, Jacob Preston of the Bulldogs? I've looked at this as well. Um, I've kept him for now, but the jury is out. What do you think? Jury's out. I think he's although the the kick out injury certainly helps. We might answer that as well on our socials in the lead up to round number eight. Supergoes 365 Podcast. Great to be back this week. Stick with us uh, across the socials. That's where you'll see our final teams at Supercoach365. Enjoy your Anzac round 40. You can get out to a game, do so. Pay your respects. We'll be there. See you here. Same place, same time next week.